church. Um, we're going to do something a little bit different this morning. We're wrapping up our series in Daniel. And, um, and the book of Daniel, we, as we've looked at it, it, you know, it contains so much. There, there are these sort of like parallel stories, but then these, these visions that are given uh, uh, to Daniel and to others that are interpreted that, that, that tell the future. They, they, they uh, told Daniel what was going to happen uh, with, the, with the, the Israelites years and years later. Okay? And, and um, today is our last Sunday in the series. So we've, we've been at this all summer. And, um, and today is our last Sunday in the series. And, and we want to reflect on, on what God has done. But at the same time, we want to cover the entire book of Daniel. And the last three chapters, the last three chapters of the book of Daniel, all contain one vision that's given to Daniel. Um, it was given to him in the middle, about, about five, six centuries before Jesus. Okay? He was given this vision, and it foretold events primarily that took place about two centuries before Jesus, so about 400 years later. And it's, it's, it's kind of a long section, a long passage, and we're committed to the entirety of the book of Daniel. And so we're going we're gonna to read through the book of Daniel um, in the midst of our worship today because I'm sure you don't want to be here until about 1 p.m. for me to teach through every verse of it in those three chapters. Okay? So we're going to read through those things, and we've asked some friends to come read these with us and for us. And so, so Petra's here, and she's going to read chapter 10, and then we're going to go back into worship, and then uh, we're going to sing a song, and then we're going to read chapter 11 and do a song, and then we're going to read chapter 12. I don't know if there's a song after that, but, but follow the crowd, okay? So, so thank you for being with us. Uh, we're so glad you're here with us at Life Community Church today. And, uh, and Petra, why don't you, why don't you uh, lead us in three? Daniel chapter 10. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a word was revealed to Daniel, who was named Belteshazzar. And the word was true, and it was a great conflict. And he understood the word and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three weeks. I ate no delicacies, no meat or wine entered my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all for the full three weeks. On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, that is the Tigris, I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a man clothed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Euphaz around his waist. His body was like beryl, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and the sound of his words like the sound of a multitude." And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men who were with me did not see the vision. But a great trembling fell upon them, and they fled to hide themselves. So I was left alone and saw this great vision, and had no strength, and no strength was left in me. My radiant appearance was fearfully changed, and I retained no strength. Then I heard the sound of his words, and as I heard the sound of his words, I fell on my face in a deep sleep, with my face to the ground." And behold, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for now I have been sent to you. And when he had spoken this word to me, I stood up trembling. Then he said to me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before your God, your words have been heard, and I have come because of your words. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me for 21 days, but Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I was left there with the kings of Persia, and came to make you understand what is to happen to your people in the latter days, 
for this vision is for days yet to come. When he had spoken to me according these words, I turned my face toward the ground and was mute. And behold, one in the likeness of the children of man touched my lips. Then I opened my mouth and spoke. I said to him who stood before me, O my Lord, by what reason of the vision pains have come upon me and I retain no strength? How can my Lord's servant talk with my Lord? For now no strength remains in me and no breath is left in me. And again, one having the appearance of a man touched me and strengthened me. And he said, O man greatly loved, fear not, peace be with you, be strong and of good courage. And as he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. Then he said, do you know why I have come to you? But now I will return to fight against the prince of Persia. And when I go out, behold, the prince of Greece will come. But I will tell you what is inscribed in the book of truth. There is none who contends by my side against these except Michael, your prince. Daniel chapter 11. And as for me, in the first year of Darius the Mede, I stood up to confirm and strengthen him. And now I will show you the truth. Behold, three more kings shall arise in Persia, and a fourth shall be far richer than all of them. And when he has become strong through his riches, he shall stir up all against the kingdom of Greece. Then a mighty king shall arise who shall rule with great dominion and do as he wills. And as soon as he has arisen, his kingdom shall be broken and divided toward the four winds of heaven, but not to his posterity, not according to the authority with which he ruled, for his kingdom shall be plucked up and go to others besides these. Then the king of the south shall be strong, but one of his princes shall be stronger than he and shall rule, and his authority shall be a great authority. After some years they shall make an alliance, and the daughter of the king of the south shall come to the king of the north and make an agreement. But she shall not retain the strength of her arm, and he and his arm shall not endure, but she shall be given up and her attendants, he who fathered her and he who supported her in those times. And from a branch from her roots one shall arise in his place, he shall come against the army and enter the fortress of the king of the north, and he shall deal with them and shall prevail. He shall also carry off to Egypt their gods and their metal images and their precious vessels of silver and gold, and for some years he shall refrain from attacking the king of the north. Then the latter shall come into the realm of the king of the south, but shall return to his own land. His sons shall wage war and assemble a multitude of great forces, which shall keep coming and overflow and pass through, and again shall carry the war as far as his fortress. Then the king of the south, moved with rage, shall come out and fight against the king of the north, and he shall raise a great multitude, but it shall be given into his hand. And when the multitude is taken away, his heart shall be exalted, and he shall cast down tens of thousands, but he shall not prevail." For the king of the north shall again raise a multitude greater than the first, and after some years he shall come on with a great army and abundant supplies. And those times many shall rise against the king of the south, and the violent among your own people shall lift themselves up in order to fulfill the vision, but they shall fail. Then the king of the north shall come and throw up siege works and take a well-fortified city, and the forces of the south shall not stand, or even his best troops, for there shall be no strength to stand." But he who comes against him shall do as he wills, and none shall stand before him. And he shall stand in the glorious land with destruction in his hand. 
He shall set his face to come with the strength of his whole kingdom, and he shall bring terms of an agreement and perform them. He shall give him the daughter of women to destroy the kingdom, but it shall not stand or be to his advantage. Afterward, he shall turn his face to the coastlands and shall capture many of them, but a commander shall put an end to his insolence. Indeed, he shall turn his insolence back upon him. Then he shall turn his face back toward the fortresses of his own land, but he shall stumble and fall and shall not be found. Then shall arise in his place one who shall send an exactor of tribute for the glory of the kingdom. But within a few days he shall be broken, neither in anger nor in battle. In his place shall arise a contemptible person to whom royal majesty has not been given. He shall come in without warning and obtain the kingdom by flatteries. Armies shall be utterly swept away before him and broken, even the prince of the covenant. And from that time that an alliance is made with him, he shall act deceitfully, and he shall become strong with a small people. Without warning, he shall come into the richest parts of the province, and he shall do what neither his fathers nor his father's fathers have done, scattering among them plunder, spoil, and goods. He shall devise plans against strongholds, but only for a time. And he shall stir up his power and his heart against the king of the south with a great army. And the king of the south shall wage war with an exceedingly great and mighty army, but he shall not stand, for plots shall be devised against him. Even those who eat his food shall break him, his army shall be swept away, and many shall fall down slain. And as for the two kings, their hearts shall be bent on doing evil. They shall speak lies at the same table, but to no avail. For the end is yet to be at the time appointed. And he shall return to his land with great wealth, but his heart shall be set against the holy covenant. And he shall work his will and return to his own land. At the time appointed, he shall return and come into the south, but it shall not be this time as it was before. For ships of Kittim shall come against him, and he shall be afraid and withdraw, and shall turn back and be enraged and take action against the holy covenant. He shall turn back and pay attention to those who forsake the holy covenant. Forces from him shall appear and profane the temple and fortress, and shall take away the regular burnt offering. And they shall set up the abomination that makes desolate. He shall seduce with flattery those who violate the covenant, but the people who know their God shall stand firm and take action. The wise among the people shall make many understand, though for some days they shall stumble by sword and flame, by captivity and plunder. When they stumble, they shall receive a little help, and many shall join themselves to them with flattery. And some of the wise shall stumble, so that they may be refined, purified, and made white until the time of the end, for it still awaits the pointed time. And the king shall do as he wills. He shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every god and shall speak astonishing things against the god of gods. He shall prosper till the indignation is accomplished for what is decreed shall to be done. He shall pay no attention to the gods of his fathers or to the one beloved by women. He shall not pay attention to any other god for he shall magnify himself above all. He shall honor the God of fortresses instead of these, a God whom his fathers did not know. He shall honor with gold and silver, with precious stones and costly gifts. He shall deal with the strongest fortresses with the help of a foreign God. Those who acknowledge him, he shall load with honor. He shall make them rulers over many and shall divide the land for a price. At the time of the end, the king of the south shall attack him, but the king of the north shall rush upon him like a whirlwind with chariots and horsemen and with many ships. 
and he shall come into the countries and shall overflow and pass through. He shall come into the glorious land, and tens of thousands shall fall, but these shall be delivered out of his hand, Edom and Moab and the main part of the Ammonites. He shall stretch out his hand against the countries, and the land of Egypt shall not escape. He shall become ruler of the treasuries of gold and silver and all the precious things of Egypt, and the Libyans and the Cushites shall follow in his train. But news from the east and the north shall alarm him, and he shall go out with great fury to destroy and devote many to destruction. And he shall pitch his palatial tents between the sea and the glorious holy mountain. Yet he shall come to his end with none to help him. Daniel chapter 12. At that time shall arise Michael, the great prince who has charge of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never has been since there was a nation till that time. But at that time, your people shall be delivered, everyone whose name shall be found written in the book. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and from, and knowledge shall increase." Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, two others stood, one on this bank of the stream and one on that bank of the stream. And someone said to the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the stream, How long shall it be till the end of these wonders? And I heard the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the stream. He raised his right hand and his left hand toward heaven and swore by him who lives forever that it would be for a time, times, and half a time. And that... And that when the shattering of the power of the holy people comes to an end, all these things would be finished. I heard, but I did not understand. Then I said, O oh my Lord, what shall be the outcome of these things? He said, Go your way, Daniel, for the words are shut up and sealed until the time of the end. Many shall purify themselves and make themselves white and be refined, but the wicked shall act wickedly. And none of the wicked shall understand, but those who are wise shall understand. And from the time that the regular burnt offering is taken away and the abomination that makes us desolate is up, there shall be 1,290 days. Blessed is who, he who waits and arrives at the 1,335 days. But go your way till the end, and you shall rest and shall stand in your allotted place at the end of the days. God, we praise you for who you are. We praise you for how great you are. God, we thank you for your living and holy word. God, we thank you for the truth that we can find in your word. We praise your name, and this morning we say you are great. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Kids, thank you so much for joining us this morning. You can head on back to Kids Life. The rest of you, you can have a seat. Howdy, howdy. Good morning, everybody. Buenos dias. All right, I can hear some of you, so I'm sure that some of you are awake. Uh, anyway, um, we have a few announcements this morning. Also, uh, my name is Matt. Um, for those of you who haven't met me, I uh, just generally hang around here sometimes with a lot of cool people who are here, and, and uh, one of my favorite things to do and throughout the rest of the week is to hang out with my small group. And if you don't have one, you can get one. They're great. Uh, if you don't know who to talk to, a uh, pretty lady in the red dress back there, Monica, after church, meet with her. She'll be able to introduce you to small groups uh, if that's what you want to do. 
Um, I'm assuming since you guys are here that uh, you know that our uh, previous building had a fire. Excuse me if my voice starts to get a little crazy. I'm getting slightly nervous. Um, <laughs> but just so uh, you know that we are still collecting backpacks. The last day to turn those in is on Tuesday, or not Tuesday. There's a typo in my message, but uh, is on the 25th. Um, doo -doo 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 -doo. And you can find out more information about that on mylcc.info. I'm sure that you guys hear that a lot around here because we do repeat it regularly, but mylcc.info, that's where you go for a lot of things, uh, including uh, if you'd like to see any ways that you can help with the other building or whatnot, you can go there and look up for a sign-up genius there. Um, there are dates and times posted where you can drop off backpacks if you are not planning on dropping it off here on Sunday. Um, that's a place where you can go to look to find that out. Um, doo -doo 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 -doo. Give me just a second. I had some notes on my phone. Sorry. Oh, right, yeah, I can't forget that. Of course, I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna pray for Tom, because Tom's, Tom's going to be leading us today. Um, so I'm just going to give a moment to uh, pray for Tom as he leads us. Um, Lord, thank you for uh, letting everybody come today and get here safely, and just a, a wonderful day, it looks like, outside and, and whatnot. And uh, Tom's up here pretty regularly. I, I'm so glad that you give him better nerves than you've given me at this moment. <laughs> Um, and, uh, of course we all come here and we're, we're always hoping to get closer to you and, and just announce your glory to, to the rest, of, to, to everybody and to, to the world as much as we can reach. We just want to spread your name and, and praise you. So, yep. Amen. Good morning. Um, we've, already, we've read scripture, and there is a lot going on in that scripture, okay? Um, and so I want to as, as, uh, just take a moment here and recap where we've been in the book of Daniel before we, we jump into a, a portion of what we read through this morning. Um, the, the book of Daniel is, is this, it's a collection of, of, as I already said earlier, but, but events, stories that took place around this person, Daniel, as he was a young man who was taken into captivity in a foreign land. And, and as he was in that captivity, he stayed faithful to, to the one true God. He was surrounded by, by a lavish lifestyle that gave him all kinds of opportunities to be distracted from the true God. But we see throughout his life that he stays faithful to, to the God of his youth, who is the God of the scriptures, Yahweh, Jehovah God. And, and, and God rewards him, and he, 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 comes to, he moves into a place of prominence where he's able to influence um, Babylon, and, and he interacts with King Nebuchadnezzar, and he warns Nebuchadnezzar, and he interprets dreams for Nebuchadnezzar, and, and a time comes along where Nebuchadnezzar's going to be overthrown, and, 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 and that happens, and Daniel maintains his position of influence even in the transition of power as it, as it moves from, from uh, Babylon to, to the Medes and the Persians, okay? And he, he stays in a position of power. And then the second half of the book of Daniel, that's, those are kind of the events in the book of Daniel. In the second half of the book of Daniel, it gives us this string of sort of, of, of visions that Daniel himself has. In the first half of the book, he interprets the visions of others. In the second half of the book, Daniel has these visions that, that he has. And, and some of them, we get very clear meaning as to what, what they mean. 
but in other cases, it's just sort of, here's what I saw, okay? Which, by and large, what we read this morning in the midst of our worship was one of those, here's what I saw moments, right? Um, Daniel lived in the middle of what would be the 6th century before Christ, so around the middle, five, about 550 years before Christ, okay? And, and he, he receives this vision in, in chapters 10, 11, and 12 that's recorded, he, rec- it's, he, he records it, and then it's given to the people. It, 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 we saw the instructions there at the very end that Matteo read. It's supposed to be sealed up, okay? Sealed up. Now, sealing can mean a couple things. It can mean that it's fixed, it's not to be changed, but it also can mean like hidden or obscured, okay? And it's likely that that vision was, was sealed up, meaning, meaning like complete and unchanged, and also sort of hidden or obscured until the people returned to Jerusalem, which, if you were with us last week, was the prayer that Daniel prayed, okay? The time was coming where the people were going to return. And so now they, they, they return to Jerusalem, and they're given this prophecy, and, and there's all these things that happen, okay? Now, it's a fascinating look, right? Because what Daniel is given, the word that Daniel is given, there were events that wouldn't happen for about 400 years that he's seeing played out in front of him, that he's able to, to, to record and document. But we can look back and see what some of these things mean, okay? We can look back and see what some of these things mean. And so I, if you'll, I, I need you to, to give me just a, a little bit of leeway, and I'm, I'm, we're going to be real quick on this, but a little bit of leeway to, to set the historical scene, okay? Because this passage, it focuses on a, really a, a short period of time is where the focus is. But in order to understand it, we need to make sure that we, we, we get the backstory. And so what happens is, and in, 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 uh, uh, one of Daniel's other visions, we saw this as well in a different form, but what happens is that there was going to be this Persian empire that takes, that takes control of the known world at that point, and it's referenced in there, okay? The king of Persia comes and does this. And then it mentions the Greeks, okay, in, in, the, in what we read in chapter 11. And, that, and really, that's Alexander the Great. He comes along, he conquers the known world, but he dies very young, and his kingdom is split into all these component parts. And then we hear, okay, we hear about the king of the north and the king of the south over and over again in that passage, right? Because following Alexander's death, there's going to be ongoing war, just war after war, between two of the, of the people who took control of the land after Alexander, just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, okay, war after war. And, and guess whose land lies directly between the king of the north and the king of the south in that passage? Well, the, the, the nation of Israel, Jerusalem, lies right in the middle. And so back and forth for a span of hundreds of years as these, as these uh, kings and rulers are battling back and forth with one another, okay? they, they, the, the children of Israel are back in Jerusalem and they're just back and forth between the two of them, like just constant upheaval, constant upheaval. So we, we talked about this last week, the return to the land... They, they, were, they were in exile. Daniel was in exile, and he was praying to, that he could return to Jerusalem, that they could return to the temple, and that was, and God, that was going to happen. God, promised, God kept his promise. That was going to happen, and it did happen, but that didn't end the struggle. That was a major point we tried to make last week, and it's, it's true. We see it historically. It was told to Daniel in this prophecy in, in chapters 10, 11, and 12 of the book. And so... Most of what we see here, Daniel's, he prophetically predicts 
the movement of one empire after another, one ruler after another. There's very little attention given to, to like, ones that we would say are really big. Like, like the, the Persians were pretty big. Alexander the Great was not Alexander the Pretty Good. Like, he conquered the known world. Big, important sort of, like, like figure in Western civilization. But this story is not, figured, is not uh, focused on Western civilization. It's focused on the people of God and what this means for them. And so following him, again, there's battling that goes on back and forth. And then we actually get to a point in this passage where, where it, it, there isn't, at least as best most scholars can tell, there isn't a direct historical connection to what happens immediately after this, the, 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 what we're going to focus on today is, is Antiochus. But, but there's, there's, there's like a gap in the information where what Daniel writes about, it seems like it might not have happened in any place in history that we can tell. Okay? which leads us to one of two conclusions. The first possible conclusion is it was kind of such a minor event to us on the grand scale of things that we can't identify it, or it may not have happened yet. Okay? It may not have happened yet. The part of what Daniel's vision was was something that even for us, 2,500 years after that vision, we haven't experienced it yet. We don't know what it is. It's, it's, it's possible that, that that is the case. Okay? But the focus of the passage isn't really on that. The focus of the passage is on this, this what, what happens with, with a ruler named Antiochus Epiphanes. Okay? Antiochus Epiphanes. And it, and, and it really starts to talk about what happens with him in the middle of chapter 11. In the middle of chapter 11. In fact, if you take all of the, the story and the history of, of these chapters that's together, about more than 50% of it is, wrapped, is, is, uh, is information about this guy, Antiochus Epiphanes. Okay? And, and here's, I want to pick up in chapter 11 of, of Daniel uh, in verse 29, and we're just going to look at a little passage here of this bigger section to try and make some sense of, what, of what's going on and, and what, where that leaves us today. Okay? It, and it says this, in Daniel chapter 11, verse 29, it says, At the time appointed, he, this is Antiochus Epiphanes, he's the, the ruler that's being talked about here. At the time appointed, he shall return and come into the south, but it shall not be his time, this time as it was before. For ships of, of Kittim shall come against him, and he shall be afraid and withdraw. So this guy, Antiochus Epiphanes, is bringing his armies in, and he's attacking. Okay? But he's not winning. He's going back and forth. He's going back and forth. And then it says this, and, and he shall turn back and be enraged and take action against the Holy Covenant, okay? He shall turn back and pay attention to those who forsake the Holy Covenant. Now, so here's, here's what happened, and this is, this, is a, this is just what happened in the land, okay? This guy, Antiochus Epiphanes, he's fighting his back and forth, and he has control of the land, and he sends in a man named Apollonius, okay? Like Apollo, but Mius on the end, Apollonius, okay? And, and, and he sends him into Jerusalem, and, and, and what happens is, he said, he, Apollonius comes in, and he comes in like, I come in peace, okay? I'm just here to, like, to help you. To, he, like, he's going to try and win favor. But notice what it says in this verse. And it says, it says, he shall turn back and be enraged and take action against the Holy Covenant. The Holy Covenant was the right of the people of God to worship him in Jerusalem, that, that they had a place to worship, okay? That God had made that promise to them, and he was keeping that promise, and Apollonius comes in and he says, uh, um, with, uh, with um, Antiochus' blessing, he comes in and he says, you're going to keep doing that like, until one Sabbath day, okay? Like one Sunday, if you will, when, he, when they go into the temple and they clear out the temple. 
And they kill the people in Jerusalem. And then they plunder the city. So you see, he's, he's going to become enraged. He's going to be, uh, become upset. And he takes action against the people of God. And this happened in about AD, or I'm sorry, BC 165. Okay? This happened. And so then the second half of this, where it says, he shall turn back and pay attention to those who forsake the Holy Covenant. So what happens is this guy, Apollonius, comes in, and he, he clears out the, the temple on the Sabbath day. He kills people. He plunders the city. He takes things for himself. But then he treats kindly the Jewish people who were not practicing their faith with God. Right? So the people who had turned their back on God, he's very kind to. The people who had continued to follow God, he's cruel to them. Follow? Daniel sees this. 400 years before it happened, and he's talking about it here. So keep reading with me. And it says, Forces from him shall appear and profane the temple and fortress, and shall take away the regular burnt offering. And it says, And they shall set up the abomination that makes desolate. Well, here's, again, just to fill in what happens. Okay? They bring in foreign forces, come with them to fight with them. And they come into Jerusalem, and they take over the temple. And in the temple of God, the temple of the Most High God, they set up a statue to the, to the pagan god Zeus okay, as a way of trying to make peace with sort of like the Greek culture. And like what, what's happening is they're taking like the, the, the holy place of God and they're using it in pagan worship. And then it goes on to say that, that, they, that they take away the regular burnt offering and they set up an, an abomination that makes desolate. Well, what we know is that in the midst of that, they started to make, not only did they set up this statue in the temple, but they started to make sacrifices to Zeus, including the sacrifice of swine or pig. This is, the, this is the abomination that makes it desolate. If we know our Old Testament right, we know okay, that the pig was not, swine were not part of the sacrifice, that this was, they were considered unclean. And so to make that sacrifice, it's hard to even get a, a really good analogy. It's hard to get a really good analogy, but it would be almost like this, Okay? If a foreign invader invaded our, our, us today and they, turned, or they took our churches and they turned them into brothels, okay? They took our, our places of worship, the places where we come together to worship the Most High God, and they just began to worship sexual pleasure. That's about the closest analogy I can give to what happened there. But it still doesn't really do it justice because this was the place where the people went to meet God. And we understand today that that the Spirit of God dwells in us. We take him with us wherever we go. This was not the, the case for them. And so this, was, this abomination that makes desolate was just, it was a, a significant historical marker, and it actually um, prompted and provoked revolt. Okay? There, was a, there was a rebellion, the Maccabean brothers. Okay? And they rebelled against the powers, and, it's, and they fought. Okay? So we know that this stuff happened. It was, it's part of the historical record. Now look at what it says next. It says, he shall seduce with flattery those who violate the covenant. So, so get this. Okay? Times get tough for the people of God. Times get tough. And Apollonius, uh, with Antiochus' blessing, he makes it easier for people to violate the covenant with God. Don't do the sacrifices. Don't follow the law. Don't, don't walk with God in the way that you believe he's asked you to go. Don't do that. It will be easier for you. 
right? He, he flatters that way. He makes it easier. But then the second half of verse 32 is where we've really staked our, our claim in this, in this entire summer. Because it says this, but the people who know their God, like the people who know better, they're not seduced by that flattery. They don't fall for it. They really know God, shall stand firm and take action. They don't give in to the temptation to say, yeah, it would just be easier if I just kind of go with the flow of the culture around me. It would be less dangerous if I didn't stand up to the powers around me. They just kind of go with it. That's an option. But the people who know God don't do that. They stand firm in what he says. And they take action. The rest of this section says, The wise among the people shall make many understand, though for some days they shall stumble by sword and flame, by captivity and plunder. Um, the, the wise among the people who follow God are going to stand up to the powers that be. And where it says stumble is actually sort of like the idea of falling down in battle. They will fall down in battle. So they fight. They resist. And it costs them dearly. Some of them, it costs them their life. Verse 34 says, when they stumble or when they fall down, they will receive, uh, receive a little help. And many shall join them, uh, many shall join themselves to them with flattery that, that like, this is, this is, again, the language gets a little weird, but help me, but let's make sure we understand this. So these wise ones that stand up, okay, when they're standing up, they don't get a lot of help, okay? So when they resist the culture around them, others are sort of like, eh, good luck with that, okay? But when they go down for it, and now they're dead, now they get a lot of flattery. You follow? So, this, so what, it's, what it's saying here is that, like, what's going, what, for Daniel's perspective, what's going to happen, for our perspective, looking at it historically, what did happen in this period of time, is that people stood up. They stood up to the power of the day. The power of the day that would say, if you, if you want to have a better and easier life, walk away from God and, and what he's told you to do from his promises. You'll have a, a smoother life if you do that. And there were people who stood against that and said, absolutely not. We will stand with God. And while they were standing with God, many other people retreated from them. But when their life was taken, then people went like, what a great guy. What a great guy that was. They memorialized them without actually fighting with them. Okay? We could say, like, they had a little help. <laughs> they had little help at the time, but there were kind words afterwards, which, you know, talk is cheap, right? Talk is cheap. Actions speak louder than words. Choose your favorite sort of cultural cliche about this. When the time comes, stand up with God. Don't just honor and revere those who do and turn your back on the way of God. That's what Daniel foresaw. And then one more verse here, he says, and some of the wise shall stumble so that they may be refined, purified, and made white until the time of the end. For it still awaits the appointed time. For he said, like, there's, there's, there is a time. This, this is not the time at the end. This rebellion that goes on, this, this, this moment that they had is not the end. But what they went through was a time of testing. And it cleansed them, it purified. Their faith was made whole, we might say, by standing firm and taking action. By standing firm and taking action. And today, I would just say this, we find ourselves, right? We find ourselves at a point in time where I believe that, that, that we are living at a point in time where culturally things are just changing. 
They kind of always do. Change is the one constant. But things are kind of changing. And I think many of us are feeling the effects of that change. We're feeling like it would be easier to just sort of go with the flow of the culture. That what God asks of me is too much. To walk consistently and faithfully with God is too hard. What's, what's better and easier is to just sort of do a cultural thing and maybe talk about God on the side. Maybe have, like, people who really stand up for their faith can be my heroes, and I'm going to revere them, but when it comes to me actually doing that, I'm going to retreat a bit and just go about my life and leave that for other people. That's a possibility for us. We have that choice, right? Just like they had that choice in the second century BC that Daniel was seeing in his vision, we have that choice. I'm just going to absorb the values of the culture around me. I'm just going to take on the consumption, the seeking of pleasure and comfort. I'm going to take that all on without actually standing firm in what God has told me about my place as his child, without actually speaking up when the time comes. Okay? I think there's an analogy for us in our culture today with what we see going on here. So I want to use just the rest of our time, this next few minutes, okay, to say that there is a right way to respond to the trouble of the times. This is what we've been doing in the book of Daniel. There's a right way to respond to the trouble of the times. It's not, it's not a choose-your-own-adventure where, hey, you do you. There's a path that's laid in front of us. We see it in Daniel himself. We've seen it over and over again, and now we see it confirmed in the vision that Daniel receives and the people who are honored in that vision. It's those who, in verse 32, stand firm and take action. Those who stand firm and take action. And the first part of that is to stand firm. It's pretty simple, right? It doesn't say those who go out and, and attack. That's not what it says. That's not the task here. We're going to see, see that again. It's hold your ground. If you are on a firm foundation, it's hold on to that firm. Stay in that firm foundation. Don't wander from it. Don't leave it. Stand firm. This isn't just an Old Testament concept that comes to Daniel. Look at what Paul writes to the church in Ephesus in kind of a famous passage. Look at what he says. This armor of God passage, he says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Not our strength, but his strength. The strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to do what? Stand against the schemes of the devil. That you can stand. The, the, the mission, the message in, in the second century B.C., and here in the 21st century is the same. Stand. Stand. For we don't wrestle. Look what Paul goes on. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. This, all this stuff, all the things going on around us, you, we have to be able to look past it. It's not just flesh and blood. It's not just people. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places, know where the battle is fought. Know where the battle is fought. And even in Daniel's day, what he was foreseeing, there was kings back and forth. But you know what's amazing and fascinating about it? When God revealed those prophecies to Daniel, he did not name any single one of them by name to Daniel. Not one. He could have. Why not? 
but he didn't. And you want to know why? It wasn't really about them. It wasn't about them. God's always doing more than we can see. He's always doing more than it appears is going on around us. What we're living and experiencing is just one part of the equation. On the other side of it, there is a spiritual reality. So who opposes us? Are we worried about foreign armies? Are we worried about about a, a dismissive boss at work? Are we worried about a social irritant, someone in our life that just gets under my skin? Am I worried about a spouse, maybe, who isn't responding to me the same way I expect them to? It's back to school this week. Students, maybe it's an antagonistic teacher or an antagonistic classmate. Who is it that we're wrestling with? And can we see rightly, see past that into the reality that our struggle is not with them? Our struggle is against the principalities and the powers. That the, There's a battle going on that we don't fully see. Paul says it again, look at this, verse 13. He says, therefore, because that battle is going on, therefore take up the whole armor of God. He's gonna, he's gonna go through a few things and we're gonna see them quickly. But take on the whole armor of God that you may be able to do what? To withstand in the evil day. When the time really comes, when it's really on the line, you can withstand. And look at the last phrase, and having done all to do what? Stand firm. This message in Daniel chapter 11 was not just for the children of Israel in the second century BC. It's for the church. It's for us. Our mission is to stand firm. Stand firm. And take action. Stand firm and take action. Well, what kind of action are we talking about? Thank goodness Paul goes on in Ephesians chapter 6 and he says, Stand, therefore, in case we missed it, stand, therefore, having fastened the belt of truth. Let's just look at that, that, that like there's the, a belt around us. We're focused on truth. It's at the center of who we are. Truth. The real pursuit of it. It matters. Having fastened the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, this, the, the goodness of, of God in, is clearly seen as, does anybody wear a t-shirt that advertises anything? What do people see when they look right at you? They see the righteousness of God? The breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet where you go have put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Where we go, we ought to take the, the peace of God with us. Keep reading, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith. Take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts or arrows of the evil one. It, the, the, faith protects us. We'll come back to that. And take the helmet of salvation. Faith leading to salvation protects our head and our, and our, our body, our chest, and, and then he says, and, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, we have to be committed to the Word of God. Take action. Arm yourselves with these things. Truth. Faith. Peace. We've got to arm ourselves with these things. And look what he says here. And then praying at all times in the Spirit. Do we think of prayer as a, as a, a way of protection in our world? Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance. To the end, making supplication or just making requests, making 
making our requests known for all the saints. Do we get this? Stand firm and take action. The things that, that, we, that, we, um, that we're prompted to do here are for the, the purpose of standing firm. Not attacking the gates of hell. Not owning our enemies. Not winning the debate. The tools that God gives us are for the purpose of standing firm. Holding our ground. As long as that ground is with God where he is. Let's look at this. What enables us to stand firm and take action? Let me close with this. What enables us to stand firm and take action? And the center of all that is this talk about faith. Right? Shield of faith. The helmet of salvation. It is faith that enables us to stand this ground. It's our belief. And this is what the book of Daniel is trying to get across, as well as Paul here in Ephesians. We do not fight our battles on our own. We don't have the strength to overcome the struggles of this world. And it's foolishness anyway, because Paul makes it plain that these struggles are not flesh and blood. The strongest amongst us can't win the battle if we're fighting in our flesh. It's not ours to win that way. It's the battle of faith. And it's why in this series, I want to close with this one more time, right? Because what does faith ultimately say about us? What, do we, what, 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 what is it that faith ultimately says that we believe? What is it? God is what? Completely. Do we believe it? God is completely in control. Dios está completamente en control. Yeah. Do we believe that? All the historical narratives in Daniel, all the future telling, are to reinforce this truth. Nothing, nothing that happens in this world from the big to the small is outside the control of God. None of it. It's his. He owns it. When we try to fight on our own power, when we make a fist to either hold on to something that we think is too precious to let go to God's control, or we make a fist to try and pound away at our enemies, we're taking control of the thing that God says is his. Can we let go? Can we trust that God is completely in control? Can we, can we, can we count on that? Because that's how the battle is won. It's what Daniel had to believe. He had to believe that in the midst of his exile, in the midst of his exile, that he was still seen by God, the true God, who had revealed himself and was faithful to his promises. And was, that God had not lost control. When he was tossed in the den of lions, he had to believe that even if the lions devoured him, God was still in control. That when the kingdoms transitioned and he was going to have a whole new set of commanders over him, that God was in control of those armies as well. 
that the control that the king had was just an illusion, a lesson that he learned when, when God made a beast out of Nebuchadnezzar for his prize. And when he saw these visions that, that he says, I didn't understand, I had to keep asking, the answer comes back, it's going to be accomplished as God sees fit. When his time is done, he is in control. And if he's got control of those things, he's got control of our life. Amen? He can handle what we are fighting so hard and struggling with. He can handle it. have to take an open-handed posture. Hey, God, I'm going to stand here firmly, and I'm going to trust you faith. I'm going to trust you that, that what you want from me is to take peace with me when I go, not, not hostility. I'm going to trust you that what you want is for me to pursue truth because you are that truth that's going to bind it all together. I trust you that your word provides. If I, when I master your word like a swordsman masters his sword, I now have something that's worth holding on to in my hand. Okay. Daniel's... Daniel's lasting legacy to us, Daniel's lasting legacy to us is someone who walked through every imaginable torment and stayed faithful because he believed that God was completely in control. You pray? God, we, um, we want to come this morning and ask for your favor. Um, God, I, I confess just to my my desire to, to hold on tight to the things that I, I want to be mine, that I want to own, that I, I don't want to give up. And I confess that I'm afraid of, of where things might be going in all kinds of areas. I, I, I worry that, um, that somehow we've, we've crossed a line that that's lost your control in our lives. And I, 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 not only do I not want that to be true, I don't want to believe it. God, would you, um, would you, would you strengthen us? Would you build our faith? Would you, would you continue to, to forgive us as we, as we try to take things back from you and, um, and then point us to, to more and more trust in you? God, we thank you for life together. We thank you that, that you've, you've sent those before us like Daniel to show us and, you've, and to tell us what's coming, that, that you are going to win. Help us to believe it. And God, we, we give our praise to you this morning and we thank you. Pray in Christ's name, amen. God, it's good to be here with you this morning. It's good to be together and singing the Alleluia to you alone. We love you, and we thank you for your presence. Amen.
You all can have a seat. Yes, it is so good to be together today. I was just reminded, um, part for of me personally standing firm is just what we got to do together today, and that was just to worship together. Around here at LCC, we really value connections um, and encouraging people to connect with Jesus. We also encourage um, connecting with each other. And so um, if you're new around here or if you are um, just kind of figuring out what it looks like to connect with Jesus, we would love to support you in that. And we would also love to support you in learning how to connect with others. Um, our primary way we do that around here is cell groups or just groups, whatever we decide to call them in a given week. And so uh, wherever you're at in life, I just want to let you know we, we really would love to encourage you to get connected. And I also just want to celebrate that God is uh, kicking off a new group around here. They're already joining me up here. Um, so, this, oh, you can skip. Yes, hello. Wow. I've never sounded so healthy. Um, <laughs> my name is Brett. Are we just saying just our names? Okay. I feel like you can't use this mic anymore now that I've, like, breathed. I'm sorry. I'm Logan. I'm Allison. I'm Emma. Uh, we started June, I think, yeah, and the not present are the Foxes, Kyle and Elizabeth, and Cal and Fox, uh, they're on vacation this weekend, but, uh, yeah, we started with them and invited Logan and Emma, uh, to, to be a part of it back in June, and we've been meeting ever since. Uh, what nights do we meet? We meet Tuesdays, thank you. I'm like, I know this, I know this. Okay. Um, Brett, is anyone welcome to your group? Okay. <laughs> My wife says no. <laughs> she was joking. So, um, so I'm going to pray over them, and then I've got one more last announcement for you. And um, Okay, so I'll start with that. God, thank you so much for the body of Christ. Thank you that you have made us so that we can um, stand firm in our faith um, and be encouraged in our faith, Lord, when we are rooted in you but also have the encouragement of brothers and sisters in the faith. Lord, we pray that you would be with this new group as they launch. We pray that you would help them to really connect with each other and do life together. And um, Lord, we pray for those that are yet to come to their group, that you would stir in the hearts of people, perhaps their neighbors, perhaps people here, perhaps coworkers, and you would just build their group to be... Um, just another little mini church, Lord, uh, just representing you. We pray for their leadership as well and continue to encourage their hearts. We pray these things in your name. Amen. And so um, on that same vein, in about five minutes, we are going to offer just a little thing called intro to groups. So if you have kids, go get them. I'll give you a couple minutes. If you are like, hey, I want to come to intro to groups, but this line's long, feel free to cut. I always say, hey, I've got somewhere I need to be. I'm going to cut. I'm, I'm that person. I'm sorry. So just come on up here, and um, we're going to just talk a little bit about uh, what groups are. And also, if you just go, I just kind of don't know what groups are, but I just need help figuring out which one to go to, um, then this is also for you. So again, welcome. If you are new and you go, I'm not ready to join a group, but I just kind of want to know what they're about, this is for you as well. All right, have a great day.